All right, is this open? Yep, okay. Hi everyone, um, welcome to the uh, Global Partners Summit. Hope you've had a good day um, here seeing a bunch of uh, sessions and, and workshops and whatnot. Um, we're here for the uh, image management best practices for Amazon Workspaces. Uh, I'm Andrew Kloman. I'm a partner solutions architect here at AWS. Um, cover the end user computing segment within the partner team. Uh, we also have uh, Justin Bradley, uh, a specialized uh, workspaces specialist uh, solutions architect, uh, who will be with us. And uh, uh, Ray, who is from Liquidware Labs, will also be our uh, guest uh, present uh, speaker. Uh, what we'll be covering is uh, we'll be talking about bundles, custom images, images, um, decoupling applications, uh, partner solutions like Liquidware Labs or Liquidware. Um, what we won't be talking about is Amazon Workspace's basics, uh, infrastructure setup, those kind of topics. Uh, we do have a, a talk, a talk, chalk talk on Wednesday. Um, so if you are looking for those kind of uh, topics, uh, I definitely suggest that. So from there, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll pass it off to Justin here. So hey, how's everybody doing? Yeah. So I appreciate you all coming. I know it's the last session of the day, um, and we're holding you off from you know drinks, which start in 30 minutes. Uh, this will last a little bit longer than 30 minutes. We'll try to keep it a little bit lower for you guys. Um, hopefully, we'll finish with enough time so you can get a bit of Q&A if you need to. Um, there's a mic up front, so if you need to do Q&A, please come to the mic. Um, as my colleague said, what we're really going to cover today is all about image management um, and the issues that come with that, especially at scale. Um, as we all know, when we start doing things uh, traditionally, whether I'm managing a laptop and I've got a laptop build, or whether I'm just managing a Windows machine that's virtual, um, typically I've got an image per system or per department or whatever I'm doing. Now, on a small scale, if I'm a small company, that's very easy. Um, the larger you go, the worse that gets. Okay, so this is all about how do we cover that and what kind of partner solutions are out there to do this. So kind of before we really get into this, how many of you guys in the audience actually work with end-user computing? Okay. Keep your hand up if you've used workspaces. Sweet. So you guys know all this. All right. So. Um, workspaces bundles, so just kind of a recap on what this is. Um, remember, a workspace bundle is based on an army, so an Amazon army, so it's based on an image, which is an operating system, and it's based on the compute resources. Okay? And in the case of workspaces, there are various bundles that you can cover through from, from value through to, through to power, and they have varying degrees of CPU memory. Okay? Um, as you're all aware, workspaces utilizes Amazon EC2 for the compute virtualization. And at the end of the day, when you first deploy this, it has an operating system. But there's also what we call a plus bundle. So you can purchase additional for applications, Office, and so on and so forth. So at the end of the day, it's, a net, it's an empty container with the operating system. And from that, you start your customization. Okay. So before we really get into the crux of image management, you really need to understand the fundamentals of the drives and how they work. Okay, so every workspace has two drives. It has a C drive, which is fixed, depending on the type of, of instance you've got, and you have a D drive. Now, the key to remember here is the D drive is specific for user data, application data. Okay? So, and it's a key point to remember. We snapshot that drive every 12 hours. OK? 
Okay, so there's this whole process during the image management which we call rebuilds, and we'll cover that later. But ultimately, in a rebuild, when we do a rebuild, we take that snapshot off, swap out the C drive with your new image, reattach the data drive. So any apps that you then bring back online automatically reattach themselves, all the app data, all the settings you had are still, pre still present, including all your user data. Okay. So let's kind of start where we, where we start off. So we're starting off with an image. Now, when we talk about an image, what we're saying is, well, actually, you're going to be deploying an Amazon East2 instance. In this case, it's a workspace bundle. And you're going to start with a value, a power, performance, et cetera. You're going to start with one of these images. You're going to deploy it. Once you've deployed that image, you're then going to customize it and make it your own. Now, we're going to go through exactly what that looks like shortly. But at a high level, at a minimum, you're going to be installing probably a couple of agents on that machine. Um, you know, if you're using SCCM, for example, to do application deployments, at a minimum, you're probably going to install that agent on there so that when the machine comes up, you know, domain joins, it auto-registers itself against, against the SCCM database and then starts application deployments based on profiles. Okay? So this is where you're always going to start. So before we really go down into the details of this, what you've got to really think about is, at a very basic level, first things you want to do when you're doing image management on workspaces is deploy one first. Okay? Create a, typically, you'll have a dedicated environment. Try not to build your imaging workspace on your production Active Directory. One of the things that nearly every customer and partners, as we're all in partner area, do is install and try and do image management on a production directory. The problem with a production directory is group policies. Okay? You really do not want group policies being applied to machines before you've imaged them. Okay? Um, it causes all sorts, all heaps of problems. Okay? So in this sense, what we're saying here is we'll start off with a dedicated environment, typically spin one up isolated, where you can do the image management. So you're going to deploy an image from one of the bundles. Once it comes up and you've logged in, you're just going to reboot it to make sure it's nice and clean and all the operating system and everything started. Then you're going to patch it. So you can do the standard updates on the machine. Okay. Um, now, whilst we have the images from us are, are continuously being updated, there's always a difference between when our last update came out and the difference on the patches. So just make sure it's good etiquette as always just to run the whole process of updating the machine. Make sure it's not the new, stand, new pace. Okay. As it says here, you know, it's pretty, pretty basic stuff here. So clean out files, make sure you've emptied the, the event logs, you've emptied caches, you've removed things out of the Firefox, Chrome, whatever you happen to be using. Okay? Um, remove any unnecessary features. Okay? Now, the bundles, and we didn't really mention this, we have two different types of bundles. Um, and they use our operating system, so they're using the server edition operating system. Um, and that's mainly down to, that's down to licensing requirements. Okay. So there is a 2008 R2 edition, which is on the Windows 7 experience, and there's a Server 2016, which is the Windows 10 experience. Okay. So when we say remove unnecessary features, most of the time when you're using our images, they're already optimized. So things like Bluetooth will already be turned off, Wi-Fi is not, not there, so the service is disabled. I mean, why do you need Bluetooth and Wi-Fi on a virtual desktop okay. or a desktop in the cloud? Now, this really does apply, especially if you're doing what we would call bring your own, bring your own license, where we support true Windows 10 licenses. Okay, so you, there is a process behind this. And again, if you want to understand that a bit better, then you know, come talk to me afterwards, and we'll cover that in a bit more detail. 
But ultimately, once you've gone through all this, you've removed any unnecessary features, of course, you're going to reboot it again. Okay, so you've done all this clean, you want to do a reboot, and at that reboot, you don't log in again. You wait for it to come back up in the console, or check via the API that the machine's back up. Okay? And then you can use the console or the API to tell AWS to do an, take an image, take a snapshot from there that you can then use for your bundles. So the key point here is not to run sysprep inside of that machine. Don't run sysprep, dsm, any of the system preparation tools. That is taken care of at the high level by the AWS service. Now, this is kind of when we start to move into, into the realm I mentioned earlier, where you've got different departments. You might have HR, but um, you can have an IT department, various different departments. You're talking about user personas. Okay. Now, typically today, you're going to have multiple user personas, and those user personas will have various application requirements. And then you're kind of coming back to, well, what does this really mean for me? Well, am I going to bake my image, and I have everything in there that's required for that one department? Okay. Do I go through, there's a standard set of apps everybody has, and then I use something else to push the apps into there? Or I'm just installing? So you need to really understand what it is your users are doing, what applications they need, where they need to reside, um, and which model I'm going to follow. Now, we're going to talk about that in a moment in terms of what's the difference between what I call a zero image and what's a full, full image, and where you really should be. And as this whole topic is about image management, it's about image management at scale. And when you start looking at image management at scale, actually you want to try to get to as close to a zero image as possible, meaning you don't actually bake applications into there. And you use some kind of application virtualization for decoupling of applications. That's kind of where we're going to in a moment. So not only are we thinking you know, in traditional worlds or even in, in the cloud, we have our personas, we have different types of users, different requirements. Okay. At the end of the day, we're talking about lifecycle management. So how do we make that lifecycle management easier? As we said before, right? Traditionally, you're building images on laptops, physical devices. You're going to have multiple versions of the same deployment because every device has got different drivers, different startups. So you end up with multiple versions. Okay. So ultimately, we're talking about lifecycle management. The very first one, of course, in lifecycle management, updates. So operating system updates and patches. What's my patch schedule? How am I going to do um, updates in terms of the system? How am I going to, um, you know, do I use WSUS? Do I use SCCM to do things? Um, have I got some other product that I'm using to push updates onto that machine? Now, at some point, you end up with a little bit of bloat on those machines. So do I continually patch them on a monthly basis, bi-weekly basis, or whatever needs to be done? Or do I take the concept of, well, that's patch a master image and throw all the other ones away and, and swap them out. Okay. So you need to really think about how am I doing this. Of course, testing before you do deployment. And application dependencies. Um, we've all done this before. We patch systems and realize apps don't work anymore, or certain apps won't work. Right. So in terms of how it works with, with workspaces, is you've got a simple process which is drawn up here. Okay. You start off with your master image. In this case, it could be one of ours, that you've then at least done a basic customization. You've created a bundle. Okay, so you create it, and it becomes a custom bundle. At this point, you're going to deploy it. So as we said before, you've got an image, which is a bundle. So that's the operating system plus hardware type. I'm deploying it. Okay? I'm then going through a whole process of you know, deploying workspaces from there. So that's my standard process. 
Well, what happens when I now need to update it? Well, I'm always going to deploy one again called my master image or imaging machine. Deploy it. Then I'm going to run the updates, whether this is operating system updates or application. And then once that's done, I'm going to create another image. And the whole cycle starts again. Now, from this, once I've updated the bundle, we have this whole process called a rebuild. So one of, as I mentioned earlier, this is why it's key to remember we have two drives, C drive and the D drive. Right? It is possible to automate a rebuild process. So you know, when your users are offline, to enable you to ultimately swap out that online machine. So I've gone and updated my master bundle, and then I just go and say, you know, API call, rebuild. Okay. The challenge you have with that, though, is if you're running with a baked image, great. Everything's there. Everything will work. Well, if I'm not running a baked image and I'm having SCCM deploy apps on demand, well, when I hit a rebuild, well, do all the apps come back or not? Right? So if they're all in the system and they all come back, great. But what about the apps that the end user themselves have manually requested? They won't generally come back down on their own. And if they've got admin rights and they've installed items on there, of course, they don't come back right? because they're installed on the C drive. The only thing that stays persistent is the user data and the application data or application settings. So let's move on to um, this one. So as we mentioned, regular refresh or continue updates, continuous updates. Consider the whole process, irrelevant of which way you do this, as building blocks. Yeah? You treat the operating system as one building block. Treat your applications as another building block. Drivers, um, any particular peripherals you need to install into the system. Okay? As we mentioned, continuous updates lead to bloat in the system. That's just a known fact. You know, so as part of your, your, your recycle, you know, and I have customers doing this right now, is you have your machine deployed, it's running, it's patched. Okay? Over time, you've got various versions. So you've got version control. So I'm creating a new bundle, a new custom bundle every now and again, or once every month or once every quarter. Well, now I've got version 1, version 2, version 3. Well, at some point, I've got all these systems that are deployed already, and they're still running on version 1 of the image. They're constantly being patched and patched and patched. Well, if I ever hit rebuild on those machines, well, they'll rebuild at that same state based on the image that was there if they were on that bundle. By swapping out this bundle, you also have to think about a whole process of regular updates, swapping them out. So do I have a process that says, well, actually, I shouldn't have any system that's on version 1, so one revision behind as a maximum? In which case, you know, you may be at hit a point where you say, okay, every six months I rebuild certain machines to ensure that they're always at the latest state. Okay. So ultimately, what we're really talking about here is the need for an image factory. Okay. Um, as I said, you've got to do your packaging. I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking about a catalog, right? So what are the users deploying? Is, it, um, is everything pre-deployed for them? Do they have admin rights? How do they get that stuff back? Okay. And we have our images. So you're talking about really at a very high level, what do we need here? Okay. So let's kind of move on to the next one. We kind of really cover the operating system more than anything. So let's talk about application deployment, where that really brings us. Remember I mentioned image management and the difference between what I would call a zero and a baked image. Okay. I think we all understand the baked, the baked image concept. That's typically how things were done in the past. Okay. Um, I try to convince, or at least talk my customers, to getting as close to zero as possible. Um, being at a true zero image is fairly difficult to do, because even on a zero image, which is just an operating system, 
generally you still got some kind of agent you need to at least install on this that can talk to something else to do something. Okay. Depending on what you're using, some systems are agent list. So what you end up with is kind of a hybrid. You end up with a close to zero, so what I would call a thin, which is actually it's zero, which is just the operating system and then just those basic things. Antivirus might be on there. You might have um, um, the SCCM agent. You might have another agent for different, different products, whatever you're using. Okay. And therefore, what we're really doing is talking about, well, let's decouple the applications from that guest OS and utilize whatever system I need to do that. So as I mentioned, a lot of companies I'm dealing with use SCCM today. Okay. And at a default, when you first start talking to customers, the default answer or question I ask them is, well, for patch management and for application management, what do you use today? Okay. Because what you use today is always a good starting point. Yeah. Um, at some point in the future, when you go to scale, you'll look at changing that. You're going to want to look at application virtualization. You may not stay in the traditional model. Okay. But at the, time, at the time when you first start rolling these out, you start working on workspaces, and you've got lots of customers doing this, um, you'll find that the easiest way to get that into the company and get the adoption is to start utilizing the existing tools and tool sets that customers have today. As I mentioned, we're kind of back into this point of, well, now what do I do? Do I install or I deliver? Okay. Install meaning I've baked everything in, or I deliver based on demand and based on the user. Delivery, as you see here, is more efficient and, and agile. All right. Installing is simpler because, well, actually, I just bake it into the image, but it reduces your adaptability. It means I've got a lot more images. So. What are we really talking about? We're really talking about decoupling the entire stack. So we're taking the guest operating system and treating that as an OS, just a pure OS. Then we have our applications, okay, however they are deployed or delivered. We have our user profile, and we have our user data. Yeah. So typically, you have customers out there going to move between devices. Right, today, I might be using my, my, my standard thick client on my desktop, on my laptop. Right? Tomorrow, I'll log into a DAS environment. I want things to be portable. I need to have, you know, in, traditionally, we talk about roaming profiles. Right? I need those profiles to follow. So when we talk about image management, you, it's really not just about the image. It's about the image, the apps, and the data that's associated with those apps. So how do we do this? So as we move into the tools, tools for this, as I mentioned, there's a few things you've got to, check, got to think about here. As I mentioned, it's not just about the application, user data, and so on. It's also license management. How do I get the license management? How do I keep that under control? How do I know what's really being used? You know, just because I've deployed something for an end user, are they using it? Right? At the end of the day, everything I do in the cloud is a cost. Okay? So I need to monitor, are people using what I've deployed? If not, how do I back this up and down? You know, how do I bring this back under central management, and how do I do application publishing to support portability and to support true mobile working? Okay. And don't forget, some of the bigger challenges we have are those problem apps. There's always that one app that doesn't image well. You put it onto a machine, it doesn't image. You try and deploy it, it doesn't image. Right? 
So what do you typically do? You have a whole bunch of scripts, post-install scripts that start a certain process off and pull a certain file, might modify a registry entry. Um, you know, I'm going to write some, some custom PowerShell scripts that basically forces the thing to install as you want it to install. Or in some cases, as we used to do in the traditional world on terminal services, break the MSI so that it actually installs. Okay. So when we talk about the user data and profiles, it can be complex or simple. I have to be honest with you, I don't know any customer that has this simple. Right. And we're talking about lots of different items on here. Where do I store that data? So if I'm talking about profile management and ro roaming profiles, well, typically in traditional worlds, I'm, I'm storing that in a file server somewhere. Okay. Now, unless I'm using some of the more traditional products out there um, for profile management, it's a lot of data depending on how much data is stored inside that profile going up and down every time. So we need to figure out where that's being stored, how that data is collated, and how, how that really relates to the application and the application settings. So in terms of where we're going here, I'm just trying to really set the scene for you guys, and, and it's probably, you guys understand this because you're working in the end user computing space. Managing images on machines is difficult. As you go to scale, you're gonna end up with multiple images supporting multiple platforms and different configurations. You may go for the combined, you may go for the full, full install, but you may go for a thin, you're gonna have different variations of this. And you've got the whole image color, you've gotta manage those and keep them up to date and swap them out, okay? So, out there in the world to help you with this kind of, kind of space, we have in the AWS marketplace, there's various apps out there. So, I think we've all heard of VMware ThinApp, does a great job, Microsoft App V, yeah? even Amazon AppStream, App 2.0, okay? So consider this with workspace. This is something that's kind of new, and we're getting a lot of conversation with our customers out there, and it's, it's a good thing for you guys to think about as well. When you're talking about the images and you're talking about the bundles, remember we have bundles from value right up to graphics. Okay? The question is, do I need to give everybody, if you've got a graphics application, do I give everybody that a workspace, a graphics workspace? Maybe, maybe not. How often is that user really using it? Well, at the end of the day, if it turns out that particular app is only being used for a couple of hours a day, or even a very occasional usage, then potentially here, AppStream is a, is, a, is a good alternative for that one app. So I can combine two technologies to provide a better user experience and keep my costs down. Because now I have a standard desktop, in the, desktop, desktop service in the cloud. It's running. Okay, it's, it's utilizing at a better price point. And then I can stream the specific graphics apps in there via AppStream 2.0, okay? So at this point, I really wanna kind of just highlight where we were. We have image management to worry about, we have application management, profile management, um, user data, okay? And the other thing you've gotta think about as well is, well, there's also an analytics side. I wanna be able to analyze what the user base is. So when you're out there talking to customers, and I'm out there talking to customers, I need to judge what they have today, right? How do I know that the user that I'm, I'm building workspace for, I've given them the right one. Do they need a value? Do they need a performance? I don't know, right? Um, you know, do they need two CPUs, they need lots of memory? You know, what are the apps they're running and what configurations do they need? And this is where you really need solutions out there that can analyze what end users have today and allow you to have a better idea and judge which instance types I should be selecting. Yeah. Um, there's nothing worse than having a, 
you know, a bad end user experience when you're trying to pilot and bring something into production. If the user starts off on something that's, uh, let's say you give them a performance out the bat just so they don't have any issues, and then from a cost perspective, you drop it down to a standard just to you know, bring your cost base down. Now the user's got a lower performance than they used to have, and it's a end user experience perspective. Well, if I start them on a small one and realize they need more, well, now I've got more cost, but I may be charging my end user a lower price. So you really want to try to judge that as best you can. So set in the scene here, there's, you know, we'll say there's various applications and various um, items in the marketplace to help you solve some of these issues. Um, one of our partners here is Liquidware. I'm going to bring Ray up on stage to kind of talk about how they approach this and how their products or their suite of products can really, really help in this space. Thanks, Justin. Now, I don't know what he was talking about. He said, you know, we're going to try and get you out of here earlier. Uh, I have 287 slides, so just, you know, get ready. Uh, just kidding. Um, recapping what he just covered, um, there's a theme of, of analysis and discovery and things like assessments, profile management, and application management. Now, ironically, those are the three products in the suite that Liquidware has. So it's, it's very exciting for us to partner with, with Amazon in this space. But not just as cloud is becoming a thing, <laughs> which coming from VMware and working in this space for a long time, cloud has been building over time. So um, we're pretty excited about how Liquidware has worked from physical, virtual, and now we're actually integrating with workspaces. And, uh, and solutions like it, like AppStream as well. So what my goal here is to show you today how we're working in real time with real customers with our solution stack combined with what Justin was talking about uh, on stage. So the first product in the suite is Stratosphere UX. And its goal is to essentially in an appliance way, in an on-prem environment or in a cloud environment, basically collect real-time data and analyze it to then help you make better decisions with whatever project you're doing. So, and reporting best practices, uh, and we'll get into that uh, in a few minutes, but right now, uh, an appliance-based model. So the, the goal is we can integrate with your on-prem environment, whether it be Citrix, VMware, physical, virtual. It doesn't really matter to us. But the best part is now we've actually integrated it with Marketplace so that you can deploy this appliance direct from Marketplace into your workspaces environment to give you, to what Justin alluded to, the before and after. So we're going to be able to and we actually have an example of the report in a second, but to be able to say, okay, here's what you've been doing in your existing environment, and here is the resource requirements for your thousand desktops, let's say, and here's what you should be using per user in bundle format. And we'll actually help you to understand that, make better choices on bundles before you actually need to make them. So, what we're going to do is we're actually going to install a SID key, we call it a collector ID key, onto your physical endpoint, 
your virtual endpoint or Amazon Workspace. So again, we don't, we're platform agnostic when it comes to this solution. And at which point, over, over X amount of time, we're actually going to collect desktop and application data, performance uh, data, analytics, all kinds of, uh, basically, it's almost shocking how many metrics we can, uh, we can cover. But it's really looking at um, anything within the desktop, anything within the guest, we're able to uh, analyze. Login breakdown analysis is one of our biggest uh, things. Uh, from a currently, we're working with, with Amazon support from uh, a troubleshooting perspective. So things in the desktop are going to go bump in the night. Uh, for example, one of the customers that we're working with, uh, with Amazon on is once Amazon hands them the desktops and the end users are going to inevitably do what they do. And Justin alluded to a standard or a value desktop. And customers were basically maxing out the resources of that desktop and then trying to blame Amazon for that event. So if you only gave them you know, four gig of memory and a two core CPU, and they immediately blow past that, that's not exactly Amazon's fault. That's just you gave the desktop an underpowered system to do what they wanted to do. So what we were able to do with Stratus for UX is actually analyze that and identify those, those hiccups to basically say to the customer in a non-argumentative way, hey, just nudge them towards, look, here's what your users are doing. They've installed enough stuff and are using that desktop that's, ex that's exceeded past uh, how they, uh, their resources. And that is, a, that is an easy, palatable conversation to have with the customer because there it, it takes... It takes the pressure off workspaces because it's not workspace's fault. They eloquently and elegantly delivered that desktop to the user. It's just how they're using it that became that uh, hiccup. So as a partner perspective, that is one thing that we are uh, strongly working with Andrew and the partner community to use this tool to help you help yourselves and the customers to extract that data, to extract that information, to help them make better decisions beforehand so that that user experience uh, remains high. So as I alluded to earlier, we have a number of reporting uh, capabilities within the tool. But the one that we're pretty passionate about lately is the idea of a bundle assessment. So what we'll do is collect data in their physical or virtual environment over X amount of time to basically say, OK, Based on your desktops in real time, we can determine using analytics in the tool, spit out a report that basically says, based on your desktops, tier one, and again, I, I genericized the, the slide, but this, can, this should say bundle, because that's, that's Amazon's terms. So bundle one, a standard, should be f estimated 50 endpoints, 50, 50 users. And tier two, 65, and these are just generic numbers, but you get the idea. The goal with this report is in a pre-sales capacity or even a POC capacity to basically say to, as a partner, to be able to tell the customer, okay, look, we've collected data in your environment. Here's a pretty good estimation of what it's going to take or what your workspace's uh, workload is going to look like across those bundles. And that's a pretty efficient way. And you, it's, we feel like it's a pretty quick way to gain trusted advisor status with the customers uh, in, a, in a much faster capacity. So 
again, rounding out um, the next phase of our suite is a product called Profile Unity. So as Justin alluded to, profile management is, has always been a problem for enterprises. And because these are still Windows desktops, they still have profiles. And these profiles are still going to be needed to be managed. And so where Profile Unity comes in is we're excited to augment and integrate with workspaces just as we would VMware or Citrix or physical or virtual. It doesn't really matter to us. We're, we're platform agnostic. So at the end of the day, uh, Profile Unity as a platform, the goal and is to essentially harvest the user's profile so that it will essentially become a portable container that can follow the user around across physical, virtual, and now cloud. So that the scenario that we talk about a lot is Tuesday morning, they log into their physical laptop and their profile is harvested by Profile Unity. Wednesday morning, they log into their VDI session, either View, Citrix, doesn't really matter to us, and their profile has followed them in this portable, portable capacity, and their, their user experience is the same. They, don't, they can't tell the difference because we have harvested, and again, we can, we can get granular with their, pro, with their profile. I think the complaint a lot of times with roaming profiles is that it's an all or nothing thing. You're basically saying, okay, all of this stuff goes up here and then comes back down again. With Profile Unity, we can, we can pick and choose. We can, we can granularly go, okay, I want everything, or we can go small and say just certain things. Uh, we call it turning knobs to adjust and make that profile what you want from an enterprise capacity. And then back to that scenario, uh, Thursday morning, they log into their Amazon workspace that they've been presented, and that profile has followed them across physical, virtual, and to cloud. One point that I think a lot of people forget is that, let's say Friday morning, they then need to log back into their physical or virtual endpoint again, because I think one of the things that we see a lot is it's not an on-off switch. It's not, okay, now I'm cloud, right? And I think even Justin would agree with this, that you need to uh, go back and forth, right? So that is, that is the enterprise way, and Profile Unity allows and provides workspaces to be able to do that. So we're pretty excited about how we can integrate with workspaces, in, and we're already doing it in real time, so it's with, with actual customers. So we're, we're pretty excited there. So the last uh, product in the stack is in the application management space. Um, that slide earlier, uh, in my previous life, I was one of the global ThinApp leads for VMware. I'm a grandfathered softricity, softgrid soft trainer. And I've talked about application strategy for years, but I was always looking for that last piece to the puzzle that rounded out, because uh, none of these solutions are a true 100% solution. It was always, okay, ThinApp, I would say is 60% of your apps, or I would say app V is 50%, or you know, really what it came down to app strategy was all about where, what solution works with which apps. And FlexApp 
became that last piece of the puzzle for me because of its architecture and the nature of what I'm about to explain. It became, it's not replacing a thin app or an app V, it's simply augmenting and, and rounding out that application strategy that gets you to that 100% coverage or close thereto. So what excites me is the idea that if you think of the Windows operating system as a puzzle piece and what we can do is redirect those application installs that you would normally do natively on the endpoint, we're going to redirect those to a VHD or a VMDK so that those become essentially a portable container that can then follow the user around. And so that redirection of that application natively into that VHD becomes the FlexApp layer. And so just like a puzzle, we're actually able to snap those puzzle pieces or FlexApp layers into the Windows operating system. And through the use of a filter driver, which I often refer to as a, a traffic cop of sorts, that is controlling the communication between the FlexApp layers or the applications inside those FlexApp layers and the host operating system. The host operating system thinks these applications are natively installed. Uh, one of the terms I would use all the time in the app virtualization world was the idea of isolation and an answer engine. So the application makes a request to the operating system expecting an answer. And sometimes when a thin app or an app V would break or fail, it was because it didn't get, the application didn't get the answer that it was looking for from that operating system because the VOS would step on it and get in the way and, you know, a number of other things. Whereas with FlexApp, what I'm excited about is that the operating system thinks it's natively installed even though it isn't. So, so our, our filter driver is basically seamlessly controlling communication so that the applications strike that, get the answers that they, they want. So it's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty cool process. I think my favorite part is the idea that because of the filter driver, because of this VHD, this, this portable nature, portable container, we're able to unsnap these so that when the users log off of a virtual desktop or a workspace, we can make essentially persistent non-persistence, if you will, where the applications can simply follow the user so we're not leaving these trail of breadcrumbs behind on these workspaces. So from a, from a FlexApp lifecycle management perspective, and this is across physical, virtual, cloud, it doesn't really matter to us. We're just like on the profile Unity side, we're platform agnostic. We don't care if it's Citrix, we don't care if it's VMware, you know, Microsoft, that doesn't really matter to us. And I'm excited to, to round this out into a cloud story as well. So, <coughs> excuse me. So if you get down to it, we have portable FlexApp layers that attach to or live inside of your on-prem environment, either, either on SIFs or regular storage or whatever your infrastructure says. And now through the idea of simply replicating these portable layers uh, seamlessly across into uh, cloud storage that is inside of an Amazon footprint, for example, we have the ability to seamlessly, those applications can follow the user from a VDI instance, VMware, Vue, Citrix, doesn't really matter to us, into, so that same scenario for profiles, where Tuesday morning, they log into their VDI session, those FlexApp layers can be presented to that, to that session for them, 
And by Wednesday morning, if they log into their Amazon Workspaces instance, those same applications, that same application user experience will follow them into that environment. So we're, we're pretty excited about where this is going and how this fits into or augments a very exciting Workspaces story. <clears throat> so rounding the two together, because these are tightly integrated uh, platforms from us. So Profile Unity and FlexApp working together, <coughs> excuse me, is, again, as I alluded to, the user logs into their Workspaces session, and the, the profile has followed them into that session, and they can't tell the difference. So they're seeing a seamless use from where they logged into Windows 10 or Windows 7, for example, on VMware View or in a Citrix desktop, and now they've logged into Windows 10 on Workspaces, and they can't tell the difference other than the operating system because the profile has followed them there, and they, they can't really tell the difference. The same user experience has been uh, articulated and migrated through the use of Profile Unity. And then in that same vein, the FlexApp layers are simply attached to that session so that they get access to the apps they need in that same capacity. So what's next? One of the things we heard loud and clear as we started working with, uh, with Workspace's customers was the idea of where SIFS comes into the equation. And uh, my company, we are very you know, Microsoft-focused. So we, we don't tend to require what kind of storage that you use to store the profiles and or the applications, the flex app layers, and often those land on, you know, Microsoft SIFs. And so we've, we've heard that and just perpetuated that across the existence of these products. But as customers started talking to us about how we integrate with workspaces, the idea started coming up of, well, what if you could integrate with cloud storage specific to Amazon? So what you're going to have from us in the next couple of months is tight integration directly with S3. So you'll be able to, same scenario, Wednesday morning they log into their VDI session and that profile or flex app layer might be stored on SIFs, for example. Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, they log into their workspaces environment and that profile has essentially followed them and been migrated to a S3 infrastructure in Amazon, seamlessly. So again, we heard loud and clear the idea of bypassing the need for SIFs and cloud storage, so the, the HA capability by default is there. Now we're getting into, you know, it's not only just logging into that VDI session, now they're getting on a plane and they're going to a different region from an Amazon perspective. And that's where we're starting to get excited, where because it's S3 and there's HA capability and replication capability built in, we're just going to feed into that uh, and, and, again, not deviate from that. So, again, the ability to replicate portable flex app layers and profile unity profiles across regions, we heard loud and clear, and we're, we have that. So that'll be available in the, in the December timeframe. So we're pretty, the flex app piece will actually be 
uh, available later uh, in Q1, but we're, we're pretty excited to support that. So again, how is Liquidware helping AWS customers right now? Initially, it's pre-sales and POC assistance. So as, as Justin alluded to, there's a lot of analysis that takes place up front. And as partners, uh, we encourage you to contact us for, and, and again, this is kind of an Andrew play as well, to where we can help you with these tools to help you collect the data to make better decisions as you're helping customers get into workspaces. Uh, the idea of a services catalog has been thrown around from us. So, you know, in addition to the, uh, the build, uh, strike that, the bundle assessment that I, I showed you earlier, environmental profiling assessments is something that AWS ProServe has been talking about and the SAs uh, talk about quite a bit as well. Uh, I already mentioned the bundle and tiering assessments. Health checks is something that we as, a, as Liquidware have done for years. And it's starting to trickle into the workspaces side because, again, at the end of the day, these are just Windows desktops. So it's, it's, it's the same kinds of analysis and tools that you can use outside of cloud can now be used inside with workspaces as well. One of the things that's coming out with our, our 6.0 version is the idea of app strategy assessments. So I talked about uh, an assessment, or I talked about AppV and ThinApp and MSI one of the goals I've had for a while is to be able to spit out a report that basically says, okay, we've looked at a thousand applications and this percentage should be MSI or strongly recommendation. Just based on the series of, of challenges around these apps and requirements, these could be MSI. A certain percentage could be AppV or ThinApp, uh, FlexApp candidates. We're now actually incorporating uh, I used to call it a hosted app play, but ironically, I'm now going to rename that to an app stream uh, type of assessment. So we're, we're pretty excited to start um, heading down the path of providing. The term that we're throwing around is, is basically an app stream cost analysis uh, estimator, if you will. So as how many people are considering app stream at this point? Okay. Good show. So we're, we're pretty excited about where that, that fits in as well. So we're, with Stratosphere UX in particular, we're, we're able to provide analysis and best practices and data points around both sides of the fence, either workspaces or AppStream, and those are the kinds of things that we're helping uh, AWS in, in real time. The, and then the last thing is Profile Unity is tied to what we call user profile and data migrations. So the concept is, yes, it's not just uh, selling workspaces, it's implementing workspaces. And oftentimes you need to collect and harvest their existing data and get it into workspaces. And that's definitely something that Profile Unity can help with. It's, it's kind of our bread and butter. So we're, we're pretty excited to, uh, to help with that as well. So I just really wanted to kind of round it off. So just stay. Um, when we talk about image management, remember we broke it down into operating system, user profile, user data, applications, and so on. 
as we all know, it's, it's very hard to manage Im images of a, of a large scale. Now, using this, te this technology from, from Liquidware, it's really, really useful because now I've got to the point where I'm pretty much I'm packed down to a zero image. So now all I'm really managing is a single image and a single machine that I have to patch. And therefore, I can update the bundles as I go based on that new image and utilize all the products that, that Liquidware just mentioned, the three pieces that Ray mentioned, to bring it all together. Now, if I try to do that now today without Liquidware, and this is, my, this is my view, I've had this out there with customers before, typically you don't find solutions that, you'll find a solution for profiles, you'll find a solution for applications, you'll find a solution for doing analysis, but typically they're completely different vendors. Uh, you're using different tool sets to do all of those pieces. And Liquidware have all three pieces in the same toolbox. So key for you guys to, to move forward. So just kind of, kind of finishing off on this, there's a few resources on here, and of course these slides will be available later. Um, if you want to talk to Liquidware, of course reach out to us or reach out directly. Um, you can find them at the, uh, at the LG booth um, in it's the Venetian, right? Yes, yeah. we were just there today. So yes. at the Venetian, so that's uh, booth 2040. Um, so at this point, I really want to just kind of, kind of close up and thank, thank, thank Ray for, for coming along and doing this. It really was just about kind of explaining the general, the pain that we all feel around image management, how to do this correctly, and how we can kind of get more optimized on doing that. How can we get back to an almost zero image and then have everything decoupled?